Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about homeschooling and how to get started when you have no idea. (laughs) My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog which covers everything for your single mother journey. We have a single mum only anonymous forum, ebooks and e-courses as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways and it can all be found completely free on our website beanstalkmums.com.au. But now, and talking of podcasts, we're going to focus on this one where I get to chat to Karen Green from Mapham about the topic that is furrowing the brows of parents across the globe homeschooling. Um, Now, Karen is an education and curriculum expert and the co founder of education technology company Mapham. She worked in the education sector for more than 40 years, beginning her career as a teacher at just 20, and then specialising in gifted education and curriculum development. Consulting to schools, she observed that teachers didn't have the time to write exemplary lesson plans with rich content that take different learning capabilities into consideration and keep everyone engaged. This realisation paved the way for Mapham, an online curriculum and professional learning solution for Australian primary schools. Um, Mapham provides teachers with best practice lesson plans from foundation to year six, all mapped out sequentially and in line with state curriculum requirements. What a fantastic resource. Um, And the content took five years to develop, and this well-first education solution is now being used in more than 350 Australian schools, improving the education of more than 80,000 students. And as a response to the COVID-19 crisis, the Mapham team have adapted some of their content for home-based learning and are offering it for free to all Australian primary schools as well as parents wishing to supplement the work that is being sent home by teachers. And we'll tell you a bit more about how you can access this fabulous resource um, at the end of this chat in about 30 minutes. But first of all, (laughs) I'm really excited um, to welcome you, Karen, to the Beanstalk podcast. Well, thank you very much, Lucy, for asking me to be part of this. A wonderful opportunity. Oh, well, look, I, I am excited and I'm really glad that I got you on because homeschooling is a hot, hot topic. Um, but I didn't want to talk to just anyone. It was really important to me that I found somebody who really knew their stuff in this area. And um, I think the listeners will agree after what I've just said about your extensive career in education that you're a perfect person to guide us through how to get through this difficult time of homeschooling. <laughs> yes, well, it is it is quite a difficult time and I think we all have to keep our, our heads on straight and take a big deep breath and work out what's important and what's not. <laughs> exactly right. And we're also busy. I was We were just talking pre-podcast um, and I was having a bit of a whinge about how busy I am and I have no doubt that mums, dads, single or not are all feeling the same um, but for you and your team at uh, Mapham who are doing some really great stuff um, you really are one of the few business sectors that is surviving and thriving through COVID-19 um, you've got a wonderful 
offering there and you've upped that to offer some more free content especially to help people through this stage which as I said we'll talk about at the end but just tell me how's life been for you since the (laughs) pandemic Karen busy I'm very lucky that I actually work with my two sons which is just a wonderful joy for me and uh, for a couple of years they've introduced me as their mother who is MTBR which stands for meant to be retired but that actually hasn't happened oh my (laughs) goodness I have been flat out and uh, very proud of the work that my my sons have done and um, taken off on this journey now at the moment, being able to provide free content, which is an absolute joy. So mm. yeah, it's so interesting. Just, are you all working at home, putting that together? Yes, we're all remote. Okay, so we're all Fantastic. sort of communicating. Yes, that's good. And good for you. Working with family is a challenge. <laughs> You're obviously doing it hugely successfully. Um, you must be, you know, you must be so proud of them. And it's so great to be able to put stuff out to help people through this time, isn't it? Well, that's the feedback we're getting back from teachers. And now that we've opened it up to parents as well, we're already getting some feedback from parents that are just thrilled to have supplementary materials that the teachers may not be sending home. And I will just point out professional supplementary material because there is so much stuff going online at the moment. Mm. And, you know, thanks so much. Anyone who's offering anything for free, it's wonderful. And thanks for your support. But, you know, to get the stuff that is... Um, from the experts is is extra helpful and that's what yours is and as I said we will talk about that and we will let uh, our listeners know where they can find it at the end of the podcast but first of all I've got some questions for you (laughs) to try and help us mums I'm on day three of homeschooling Mm -hmm. Um, I know some mums have been doing it for a lot longer um, and some are yet to start so I hope this is a timely chat for them so I'm going to start with my first question although many students have already started their schooling from home um, I'd still like to talk about how we prepare for it. I, as I say, I'm on day three and I don't think I've prepared either. <laughs> um, can you just tell us a bit about how this all works, what we can expect and how best we can guide our children? Well, yes, I think we first of all have to accept and recognise that in terms of our history, this really is a fundamental shift and it has occurred instantly overnight. No, none of us could have predicted it. Um, And all of us in education, whether they're teachers or parents, are really trying to make the most of of a difficult, tricky situation. So just to clarify the way that it works is that the each child's teacher is sending home appropriate activities and running through the curriculum that they would have had planned in the classroom. Now, I was reading something just before that there's a recommendation that perhaps teachers don't introduce new new content, that they actually just go deeper into content that children have actually been exposed to. I think there'll be a, a mismatch with that advice. I think some teachers will be providing prompts for new work and some will be revising work that the children have done in Term 1. Um, It very much depends on the age of the child in terms of how much time everything should take. And the teachers really are going to be allocating how much time they think each activity will take. Um, There is a primary school that I know that's local to me that is really trying to stick to the the regular timetable and go through the, the things that would be covered generally in a full school day. That may be realistic or not, depending very much on the situation at home. So I think we have to 
weigh it up and say, well, a teacher might be suggesting this much work, but the reality is that I'm still trying to do my work. So I'm going to just do, you know, half of what I've been asked to do because there won't be an exam at the end of this to check whether or not the parents have done that or not. So it's really also reading your child and seeing what sort of a mood they're in um, because teaching your child one-to-one is very, very different than the teacher being in the classroom. So it's just recognising those things. Um, It's not a traditional homeschooling situation that we're in where parents would opt to have their children at home for a range of reasons. This is something that's been thrust upon parents and we have to make the most of what we're doing. Um, So making sure that you realise you're really not the teacher. That's not your job. You're the parent. Um, They're very different relationships. So you don't want to be... Um, burning your bridges and having an argument every single day with your child about doing things and and getting into a a great sort of slanging match or being like bulls at a gate at each other. You really need to read the situation and give appropriate breaks, etc., when they're needed. But a lot of children, a lot of work I've done is with high-ability students as well who have a lot of intensity about them, a lot of emotional intensity. And I think that we really need to give our children calm guidance and a lot of them will be anxious. So I I would say, particularly if they're younger, I would not have the radio or TV on when we're hearing all these awful statistics about what's happening in the world. I would protect them to a point, depending on their age, as I said, Um, but not not being alarmist about it and saying that, you know, we're working together, the government's doing a great job, they're flattening the curve, you can explain all those things, just to keep kids calm and feeling like they're safe. And uh, the, 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 for each of each of the things that we're going to talk about, I do want to point out a silver lining. Mm. So I think this one, this opportunity that we've got as a general community now, um, gives us an opportunity to talk to children about social responsibility and that we're staying at home to help other people stay healthy. Um, the, the whole idea of the power and importance of community and how we sometimes have to make sacrifices. And I guess, you know, we're coming up to Anzac Day and there is a, a sort of a strong link to that sort of concept that we're talking about and it's just a great opportunity to talk about why we are doing what we're doing to protect people yeah yeah can, can you please talk to my teenager for me about that <laughs> sure straight after the podcast oh thank on. you so much because I'm not getting through to her <laughs> no. no it's particularly hard for teenagers but I love what you've said there and look um the way I like to look at it as well, perhaps just so that I feel slightly less stressed, is to think that it is only a temporary thing. It's just mm. a bridge until things are okay again. So try maybe to treat it like that rather than think we've just got to turn everything upside down in our lives to make this happen. Mm. We just need yeah. to make a few adjustments just to see us through until things are back on track. And things are looking really positive on today when Mm. we speak as you say the curve is flattening um, and that's a a good thing to keep remembering but some great advice there to um, get us started but what I'd like to talk to you about now because there's been so much about this on social media certainly on my group the single mum vine I'd like to talk about routine Um, Mm -hmm. you know there's so much on there about people saying you know you need to have a really good strict routine where you get up and you do things at a certain time whereas other people are saying your kids are probably a little bit frightened and anxious as you were mentioning earlier 
you don't need to have a routine. You need to just make sure that they're happy and they feel loved and cared for and safe. So what are your thoughts on a routine for home learning to really make it work? Yeah, so I think there's a midpoint there. I think there's an opportunity to set a routine, but I don't think it has to be as fixed as a school routine because you've only got a small number of people you're negotiating with. And I think that you can um, provide uh, this, these prompts or triggers for, for children to, to, to realise they're going to get into learning mode. So the TV's off, the radio's off, anything that can be distracting is not is not around them and that they're actually in learning mode. And th- this sort of thing happens automatically in a classroom when the teacher literally stands out the front, sometimes actually physically rolls up their sleeves and points out to the children, this is the time we are doing literacy. This is the time we are doing maths. And so that is very clear and set. And you can do something similar but not quite as structured as that. Um, some people have actually been and I saw this, a friend sent me a, a, a clip of her grandchildren actually dressed in their school uniform when she was trying to read to them online. I, mm. the, the, the video didn't actually look like it was a very successful <laughs> session, but at least the kids were in their school uniform. Um, and, and, you know, even packing a lunch or, or going to a specific setup area or a desk or something that is actually being cleared for a space for learning. Um the, the children really need to know the time limits, though. So they need to know that they're not going to be sitting there endlessly writing out spelling words. They might be given a little clock that says, you've got 10 minutes to do this, because that's actually what happens in the classroom. Mm. So you must make sure that you talk to them, negotiate a timetable, especially with older, like your teenager, you know, negotiate this timetable and say, okay, this is what has to be done. You write down the times that you'd like to be doing this and I'll tick it off as to whether or not I think that's enough time. And that can be negotiated. And I think that's not a bad thing because we're trying to develop autonomous learners. Um, Make sure, as I said, that there are set breaks. Um, sort out what the child's teacher has sent home. So if your child has got, you know, a whole lot of really intense work with literacy and numeracy but has also got some art or some Japanese, you might want to mix those up so there's not an an intense amount, as we all know. uh, Concentrating for a long time does your head in a bit and you've got to be able to get up and move around and you might want to just punctuate some of the learning with a walk you know, a walk to the park or um, jumping up and down or creating. The other day I heard somebody just got a, a, a parcel delivered and had bubble wrap and got the child to run and jump on the bubble wrap for 10 minutes. Oh, <laughs> to, wonderful. To just, I'd love to, to do that. To just get that, yeah, just to get that sort of, um, just to get their bodies going and, mm. you know, getting ready for that learning. Um, and I think also the other the other thing here is there's this other silver lining that I see here is if you are working from home, and I mean working as in paid or unpaid because we know how much we do mm. that is unpaid, I think it's a really great opportunity for you to point out to your children what actually gets done when, you're, when they're at school because often I'll be in schools talking to kids and I'll say, you know, what does mum do, what does dad do, and they literally shrug their shoulders and say, mm. I don't know. Mm. And this is an opportunity for you if you are doing a paid job where you're on a computer and you're you're on your phone, get your children to listen to what your work is. And if you're having an unpaid job, list this is when I put the washing machine on, this is the dishwasher, this is this, this is this, this is when I swept the floor and then start for the older children handing over some of those chores. Mm. Yeah, I really like the idea of them being able to see what a day is like in our lives. We don't just Mm. turn 
daytime TV on the minute they walk out of the door <laughs> for school. Yeah. Well, most days we don't. Um, I work from home all the time and have done for several years. And a trick that I've got that I'd like to share is I actually work in my bedroom when the girls are home. We live in a townhouse, so a medium-sized home. Um, but I like to tuck myself away in the bedroom if the girls are home so they've got the run of the house to do what they want. And I've got a little butterfly which somebody gave to me um, on a bunch of flowers a little fabric butterfly which is about five inches long and I just stick it on my door handle with a hairband um, if the butterflies on the door handle it means mum's working oh, and I say great. it's the same as if I was in an office when I used to work I had a full-time job as a marketing manager prior to working on my own business at home and I said like if I was working there you wouldn't come bursting into mm. my office and ask for mm. something if the butterflies on the door that means I'm concentrating and it's it's important work that I'm doing and it's making the money to pay the bills so that we mm. can have the life that we do so even little things like that can I help. love that idea that's a really <laughs> really good idea it's like putting a do not disturb sign up but much nicer but much nicer look I'm not going to say it always works no. sometimes they come flying in and I go hold on the butterflies on the door oh sorry yeah but can I just mm. you know, but it does it does it's just little ideas like that can be handy mm. um, so my next question for you Karen um, a common belief of parents who are new to home learning is that we have to step up and actually teach our children is this a case and how much involvement should we have as parents in what our children are actually learning? So first thing, most important thing is that so many parents underestimate the extent to which they have actually already been their child's teacher mm. since day one. So the parents, as soon as I meet parents of a child, I know what type of child I'm going to be meeting. So literally if we had um, parent-teacher interviews, I would be able to tell exactly even if it was before I'd known the child, I would know exactly because the parents would be setting the climate, they're setting the social skills. How many times have we all said please and thank you after we've given our kids something? Thank mm. you, Mum. Mm. I get my, my grandchildren actually have to say, and they do say it, thank you, Nana, darling, angel, sweetheart, every time, <laughs> which is hysterical, especially when we're out in a shop and people hear it and they go, whoa, we're going to stay away from you. Yeah. It's very funny. No, I um, love it. <laughs> yes. So, And I think, I think it came from my mum. I can't remember, but I think she ingrained that in me. So, I think that's where it came from. Um, but really all the social skills, all the, the the subliminal messages we give our children when, when somebody's not well and we drop in with a bunch of flowers or we bake them a cake, or we've already been setting a scene. And we've also shown our children the importance of literacy when we're sitting and reading ourselves or when we're actually doing our work and communicating online. And we've shown the importance of all of those skills. So it's not new for the parents to be talking, to be teaching. They're, they're teaching cooking, building stuff, you know, all the different things. So what it is is that you're not replacing the school. You're getting the information from the teacher. The teacher has been trained for a number of years to get this and they are constantly having professional development to do it. So there is an art and a science to teaching. Uh, teachers are very skilled in being able to provide for and differentiate the correct learning materials. Um, so we just need to stay calm and be the guide on the side, if you like, um, for some of the activities and just prompting and checking for understanding, asking some good questions. You know, what makes you say that? Why do you think that's the answer? What other answers could you have for that? Those sorts of really good, deep thinking, which is brilliant for, the, for your children. And so... 
the, the silver lining for this one for me is this increased um, ap appreciation and understanding of our teachers. So we're realising how much work goes into preparing a day's work for kids and that the teacher is actually managing up to, well, 29, 30 children in some classrooms at secondary, but 25 children on a regular basis mm. and trying to differentiate the curriculum for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it must be so difficult. And I do think we underestimate teachers in general, but I, we are all starting to recognise how wonderful they are. And I keep putting posts on to my group, thanking the teachers and the essential mm. workers and everybody, everyone. So just mm. a thank you to everybody right now who's doing these things. And thank you to our teachers, which is um, what we're talking about now in this podcast about homeschooling. I, I feel... Um, for secondary school children, which is where my two are, mm. I don't understand most of what they're learning anyway. Um, all I do is I ask them after their lesson, how did you go and what did you learn? Mm. And I sometimes think that just by sort of recapping, by telling me, it can help them. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's great. But just I'm certainly doing not going to go in and show them my ignorance because I don't understand no. half the things they're learning. No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to maths. I think it's maths very is a real problem yeah. for people. Yeah, it's very specific, yeah. <laughs> but so, Karen, other than what we've already discussed, what are your main tips to parents embarking on homeschooling to help them stay on track and remain on speaking terms with their kids? <laughs> yes, that, that is a really lovely question. Um, <laughs> the idea that, that learning anything is really a process, if you think about your own learning journey and how much we are still learning and they say that really as adults we should keep on learning a, a, a musical instrument, a, um, a new skill on the computer, um, you know, anything that we can keep our brains active and it really is a process. Sometimes it's a simple process, sometimes it's complex, sometimes it takes a very short time to master something but often it's a long time. So it's about repetitions and at the end, as I think what you've said, you the idea of summarising what you've done at the end of a lesson, asking your child at home, what did you learn? Why do you think your teacher asked you to do that? Have you seen that anywhere else? Where else in your life could you apply that? Then you're actually starting to understand or get a or glean uh, an insight into their deeper understandings of why they've done things we particularly in secondary school we tend to silo subjects and we say this happens in maths this happens in science this happens in history well in actual fact in the world that's not how things happen they all merge together mm. and so we really need to get our students our children to start thinking broadly about where the where the connections are making sort of like a giant mind map in their head about where does it match up where does all this stuff get involved like why are you doing algebra I did say that once to a maths te secondary maths teacher and I said, I just still don't understand algebra. She laughed and she said, have you filled your car up with petrol recently? And I went, yes. She said, well, that was an algebraic equation. And I went, no, it wasn't. It was petrol. <laughs> she, oh. said, she said, no, it was maths that worked it out. And I then stopped being silly and flippant and mm. I listened to her. And I thought they're the sorts of things that we need children to understand is that where in the world is it? And so they're the sorts of things that you can be constantly prompting your child um, to ask them, why have you learnt this? Why do you think this is important? Mm. So that's how you can be a really great um, adjunct to the to the teaching stuff that's coming home. Um, 
And yeah, I'll talk a little bit about mapping in a minute. But the one here is um, the, the silver lining out of this is is that there are so many opportunities for incidental learning all the time. And sometimes as adults, we underestimate that even when we're going for a drive with little kids to say we're driving along a road now I want you to see if you can find any numbers and all of a sudden all the speed limits come up and the kids say and then you say well that one was 60 but this one's 80 and that one's 100 why do you think that is so mm. there's all these opportunities every moment and obviously you can't do it all the time but there's so many opportunities to ask children what they're observing and why they think that's there and the fact that we do it naturally as well we don't yes. necessarily have to be thinking oh, I'm going to be teaching them about the speed signs as we go along no if we're no, just chatting just... about them and sometimes yeah. you do these games where you point out signs or whatever mm. and I think it's nice as well especially for our single mums who are listening in who are quite time poor and very busy it's nice to know that we are actually teaching mm. our children without realising it. Because there are days when you think, gosh, I haven't had any time for my kids. I don't feel mm. that I've really, I've really done them justice today and yes, I could have done yeah. more with them. But we're probably actually doing a lot of teaching without knowing it. So it's mm. good to hold that in our minds but, if we're uh, feeling be a bit aware, down. though, um, I think, that, Lucy, the, the most interesting thing in that comment is that there are many, many, many hundreds, thousands of teachers that go home every night with a bag of stuff that I call the guilt bag, which is what they think they should have got done that day. And they take work home every single night because they also have that sense that they haven't done enough. Mm. That's a horrible nagging feeling yeah. as a teacher thinking, I missed that kid. Oh, I didn't go back to, to that kid. I didn't. And so that, that's the nature of the beast of, of who you are as a teacher as well. So that, yeah. that is a common thread um, that, that runs across this, I think. And that, that's, that's, I've never heard that before. And it's, Mm. the pressure is on for these teachers even more now and they haven't really mm. had a holiday either because mm. they've been so busy preparing for the online curriculum they must be exhausted and to think that they have this guilt that they haven't managed to do everything that they would like mm. to have done on normal teaching time yes it must be really yeah. hard for them now I think we have to go easy on them and absolutely um, yeah, yeah and as I say thank you to the teachers again because they're just, yes. just amazing yeah so my last question for you Karen um the biggest misconceptions and no-nos of homeschooling what should we avoid doing uh, so I think the TV and the internet are fine to be used sparingly. I think they can be almost a reward as a break um, for a transition from one thing to another um, or something that is like, right, we've finished that now and you can watch Bluey or whatever it is you love watching. Um, it is easy to let that become a, a point of friction and, and you really don't want that to happen you have to have a deal because I know that children will say oh but I want to watch one more I want to watch this and, and because we've got access to Netflix and mm. all of these shows that are not like when my kids were little when you know Humphrey was on he, that was the only time Humphrey was on yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember it myself <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, if you've got this agreed timetable, then those break times should also be agreed on. Um, easier said than done. And solving arguments, I did a parent effectiveness training course when my children were five and three. And one of the things that I learned was about um, reflective listening and just really not trying to be the arbiter of the um, arguments. And I remember one time my youngest son come up, came up and said, 
Mark took my truck and there was, normally I would do my normal teacher thing, call them both in and go, right, guys, this isn't going to happen, blah, blah, blah. All I did is I crouched down and I looked Danny in the eye and I said, you sound really cross about that. And he said, I am. And he went away and that was it. Mm. So it was like magic. Yeah. So you really just need to show them that you're listening and you really don't want to be the United Nations and you don't want to be the referee. You need to step back and go, you know, this isn't my argument. Unless they're physically hurting each other, they need to sort it out. Mm. And, you know, I, d I don't think otherwise they're not learning that skill. And it's only at that point where you call them and say, right, this is this is time out time because you're, you know, boiling over and you need to go and get some, some space. You know, that, that woman that did the nanny shows where you'd sit, yes. in, the, sit mm. in the corner, the naughty corner. Mm. Well, you can establish that type of thing if you've got younger children who are really losing the plot for a range of reasons. They're, they're missing their friends. I spoke to my Pilates teacher this morning and she said her daughter is really, she's in grade four and she's so missing the social connections with her friends. She's a very social kid and she's really sad. Mm. Um, and so when she when they got online yesterday uh, with the class, she said she just came to life because mm. she was seeing her friends. Yeah. So it's about your idea of, of making sure the boundaries are clear, like this is mum's time now, I'm doing this work, this is my time. So you've had your time, I'm having my time and there's the deal. And so it's really about being able to share your emotions freely with your children like this is frustrating for me too mm. it's okay we're in this together so it, it could become quite a bonding experience after all the tantrums have been put to one side yes <laughs> yeah. I think that um, all that you've said there is interesting because that's more learning isn't it it's learning how to mm. resolve is issues um, and conflict it's mm. learning about boundaries and how to stay within them and the consequences if they go outside of those boundaries. So, yeah, even more learning. So I mm. think that if you're homeschooling and you feel that you're not doing it very well and you're feeling a bit down on yourself and negative, don't. Because I think mm. we're teaching our kids much more than we realise every day. Um, and I think that's a really good message to take out of this chat that we've had for single mums who are struggling with this. But look, that is the last of my questions for you. And we are running out of time. But definitely before we finish, I'd love you to tell us about the map and content, which is currently free for primary school children yes. um, yeah. to help them through this crazy COVID-19 pandemic stage. <laughs> that's right. So map and uh, is for teachers. Originally, it was written for teachers with a lot of detail a lot of the uh, mandated curriculum is included. A lot of professional learning is included. What we've done is we've gone through and we've been able to basically bring it back to tasks that children can do at home. For grades three, four, five and six, they are tasks that children should be able to work through um, autonomously because we've got all of the prompts in there that the children will need. For the younger children, uh, it's preferable for an adult to be sitting with them. And essentially what it is is um, all of these great activities that we've written that go beyond literacy and numeracy because a lot of that information will be sent home. So we, we cover things like science, geography, history, um, all of those um, sort of soft skills, if you like, um, really good thinking strategies, all of those things. And it is available now. We've done eight units in the last – we've been very quick off the mark here. In the last month we've had this huge – 
um, re reaction to this with a lot of children being signed up and a lot of tasks already being, I think about 3,000 tasks have already been completed wow. um, with what we've sent out. So it literally is just MAPPEN, M-A-P-P-E-N, home learning, and that will take you to a sign-in opportunity to register your child and to select which area of schooling they're in, whether they're in foundation um, years one or two, three or four, five or six, and there's eight different units for the basically two units for each level. So people will be able to see that it's fairly easy to do. Um, it's no big deal, and it gives all. It, it identifies at the beginning of each task, you know, the resources you'll need. Um, what you'll need to look at if, we've, if there's a YouTube clip to watch, you'll just click on the link. So it's all all very it's been made very user friendly. So hopefully people will find it extremely helpful. It just sounds amazing, and I love the fact that it's not just English and maths. You've got some other mm. subjects in there as well because I know looking for extra support for my children online, even before COVID-19, it was very hard to find anything that wasn't English or maths. And sometimes yes, they needed a bit yeah. of extra support with science. So it's good mm. that you've got that range in there. And surely that makes it more interesting for them learning as well. And yes, and the, the MAPPEN units themselves have been built around eight concepts. And the two concepts that we've actually adapted so far are change and sustainability, which everyone will mm. understand. So the change concept is the same concept right through from foundation to year six, but with the work getting increasingly more complex. And so relevant to our lives at the moment. Change. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well done for getting on, for, for being on the ball and for creating that so quickly because mm. this has crept up on us. It seems like one day everything was normal and the next day it wasn't. Um, so to be able to, to give us a brilliant offer like this it's just great and I've got no doubt that parents will be jumping at this mm. kind of professional support for their children during these oh, unprecedented times. I hope people times. take advantage of oh, it. I'm sure they will and yeah. I'll put a link directly through to your website when I put this web um, this podcast up on the Beanstalk website um, tomorrow so people will be able to find you easily from here but um, it was Mappen M-A-P-P-E-N Home Learning yes. um, pop that into Google that's enough um, straight through and then you can find that free content so so, mm -hmm. so thank you so much, Karen, for that. Um, what you're doing is wonderful. And thank you for chatting to me about this hot topic and for kindly sharing your extensive knowledge and expertise around home learning. That is a pleasure. And I wish everybody out there the best of luck. And remember that you're doing a great job already. And uh, your children will be extremely fortunate that you're listening to this sort of information and taking these things on board. So well done. Absolutely right. And yeah, my message to all the single mums listening, what can I say? <laughs> I'd love to give you some advice from my own experience, but I'm only into um, day three <laughs> of, of home learning myself. It's a very new journey for me. So instead, I'll just sort of say what um, Karen said. Um, do your best, whatever that might be. And remember that every day is going to be different. Be kind to yourselves, be gentle with your children. One day you're going to look back and you're going to know you did your best and that, that's enough, totally. Um, and remember, um, if you've not visited my website, beanstalkmums.com.au, make sure you do. Not only will you find more podcasts like this, but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey. And you can chat to me anytime on our anonymous single mum forum or the single mum vine facebook group and they are all reached through the website and one final point before we leave you 
If this podcast has helped you, and I sincerely hope it has, can you just take 30 seconds to rate and review it? Because the more reviews we can get, the easier the podcasts are to find by other single mums who need support, guidance and companionship on their single mother journeys. That's it. Until next time, ladies. Goodbye.